Our first lesson is taken from 1 Kings chapter 19. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the earth was not in the earth. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said to him, Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazazel to be the king over Syria, and Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Molah, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. And the one who escapes the sword of Hazael shall Jehu put to death, and the one who escapes the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. So he departed from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen in front of him. And he was with the 12th. Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak upon him, and he left the oxen and and ran after Elijah and said, Let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? And he returned from following him and took the yoke of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the yokes of the oxen and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose and went after Elijah and assisted him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle lesson is taken from 1 Peter chapter 3. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil, or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. 
grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. What more appropriate lesson could we have for the 4th of July than reading about being out on the lake? How many fourths have we spent this time or other on vacation at the lake cabin, fishing, swimming, blowing up fireworks, and having fun? Well, our reading today is not necessarily about fun, but it is about fishing. Peter, James, and John were most likely above average fishermen. You see, they were still fishermen after starting as children. That's when a person would start this occupation. They continued as fishermen, owned their boats and their nets. They most likely were decent at it, maybe even above average or good at it, because they owned their boats and they were still working as fishermen. Usually you don't continue doing something unless you're actually a little bit good at it. So what do we have? Professional, semi-professional, above average fishermen, uh, and a carpenter, yeah, a carpenter telling the fishermen how to fish. You can tell from the text that they are tired, maybe a little hangry, maybe a little insulted, or all of the above. Either way, Peter raises the objection, Master, we've toiled all night and took nothing. That's a very polite way of saying you don't know what you're talking about. We've been working this whole time. We haven't caught anything. We're professionals. Why do you think you know where the fish are at? In a way, we see something similar as well in our Elijah, or our first king's ring about Elijah. The Lord has given him a mission as a prophet, Mount Carmel, and the destruction of the ball. If you can remember that on Mount Carmel, the Mount Carmel showdown where Elijah uh, <clears throat> wins and then puts to death all the Baal prophets. It's all part of what God's called him to do. And now Ahab and Jezebel have told him, listen, we're going to make you dead as soon as we can. And Elijah is on the run. That's why he's run to Mount Horeb. Elijah, much like Peter, questions God's plan. It's enough now, O Lord. Take my life away, for I am no better than my father's. Elijah wants to die simply because he's run into some resistance to God's will. He thought it was going to be easier than this. He thought he was going to be alone fighting this good fight of faith. And as we know, the feeling of being alone can terrify. We've gone through that in spades these last few years. It can terrify even the strongest person and weaken the strongest faith. But God reassures him that good kings will be crowned, that a helper is coming, yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Everything happens just as God promised. The kingdom of Israel lived on, a new prophet was anointed, and people continued to believe to this very day. Elijah felt that all his work, his fishing, was in vain because of one bad night. But it wasn't. Returning to the apostles, they are in much the same situation. One bad night fishing, and they've given up. And more importantly, they have doubts about the Lord and his power. I don't know how many times I've gone through this myself. Sat in the fishing boat, and after an hour or so of no bites, I can start to think, oh no, our weekend is going to be ruined. We won't catch another fish. It's going to be miserable. This is what we came out to do. We can't catch anything. 
the next day we go out again and the fish bite and put those fears to rest. It seems strange in our story prior to this, Jesus had been ministering in Capernaum, healing diseases, preaching the good news. He had met with many challenges. Uh, in fact, shortly before this reading, Peter's own mother had fallen sick and Jesus goes into the room and immediately brings her back to health. Why exactly would Peter doubt the Lord in the face of these kinds of powers and abilities? Because our hunger, our tiredness, our fears of not having enough, they are strong. They are tempting. They break us down. We all struggle with this and wonder, is the Lord listening at all? Does he care? Can he do anything to change my dire straits? If he could, he surely would. Getting skunked on a fishing trip can be disheartening, but is Jesus actually talking about something else in our reading today? We see in our epistle lesson, Peter explains that you should be prepared, perhaps even used to, expecting persecution and difficulty. Formerly, a man who betrayed the Lord at the first sign of trouble, now he seems to have an extraordinary faith. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. The race it can be long, no doubt about it. Serving the Lord, loving the Lord. We want the earth now to be what God will make it in the resurrection. In reality, the world now is broken, full of sin and maddening frustrations. We are broken. We think that we are the best representatives of the faith. That who we are and what we are, what we will do, will bring people into the church. We will grow. We will have monies to chase after whatever ministries we choose. It's a bitter thing when people move on, leave the church, or even visit never to return. As we go out into the world and share the good news of Jesus, it's easy to get skunked. The world really isn't interested. But that shouldn't leave us to be discouraged. You shouldn't be discouraged in your task as priests to the world. You see, we are not alone in this boat, and we certainly aren't the ones driving it. We are merely fishers of men, people who share the good news of Jesus Christ's resurrection. We share, as Peter says, our hope. What is it that gets us out of bed in the morning? Why do we have hope in spite of all this maddening, frustrating brokenness in the world? Well, we have hope because of the good news of Jesus Christ's resurrection. We share our hope of resurrection because he forgives our sins. He makes us clean. He gives us eternal life. We become alive because he died to make us come alive. When the disciples were in a boat and worried it was going to sink, Jesus states, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Jesus was asleep on a cushion in the front of the boat, and they were terrified because they were doing everything they could, and nothing made a difference. 
That sounds familiar. And they forgot who was in the boat with them. We too can look at dwindling stats and numbers. We can look at the aging population of our congregation and begin to wonder if we will survive. If we can keep on going. And we somehow overlook our greatest asset. Jesus is in this boat with us. We are not alone. Perhaps it would be better (laughs) making all of our plans and putting all our hopes on all of our plans. Maybe it would be better if we were just to listen to our Savior, to share what our Savior says, and not worry about all the machinations and all the things that we have to do. My friends, in response to our fear of getting skunked, God says this, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the fields shall clap their hands. Remember that you are God's children. Do not have doubt. Repent of this doubt, the sin against the first commandment, and rather believe and trust in God who has always taken care of you in the past and will always take care of you in the future. I know you may be tired of letting down the nets, but who knows? Perhaps this time they will come back to overflowing. Put that down for a catch. A little farther out. I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. We've been doing this all night. Nothing. I will. My brother and the baptizer. (laughs) You are the Lamb of God, yes? I am. Depart from me. I am a sinful man. You don't know who I am and the things I've done. Don't be afraid, Simon. I'm sorry. We, we've waited for you for so long. We believe. But my faith, I'm sorry. Lift up your head, fisherman. <laughs> what do you want from me? Anything you ask, I will do. Follow me. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the fifth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. 
And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night long and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their nets to land, they left everything and followed him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Simon, I told you. I told you. I told you. All right. That's your word. The boat, it's still out! Get out! Get out! Get out! blessings to you. Just a few announcements today. New Members Sunday will be next Sunday following the 10.30 a.m. service. We'll be uh, welcoming in a, in a very official way and, and it's kind of not installing but uh, uh, adding them as members at the 10.30 a.m. service. Plus we'll be having a potluck. We haven't had one of these since before the pandemic. So let's do it right, shall we? Uh, I would encourage all of you if you can bring something we would very much appreciate that. That will be Sunday, July 11th. There will be a potluck, and there will also be some games around and some opportunities to get to know these new folks. Uh, you know what happens is people kind of start visiting for a while. They transfer from another congregation. They've officially joined the congregation, but people still don't know if they're visitors or members. That's kind of what this is to clear up, and we would ask that you would maybe get to know them, make them feel at home here at the church. Uh, Vacation Bible School is coming up on July 24th. There are lots of needs for volunteers. Uh, you can reach out to me, to Stephanie in the office, or to, I think, Janie as well, Janie Leonard, uh, and ask how you can be of help with our uh, VBS. And the um, fellowship and the, uh, the fellowship committee is working on a pen pals program. Uh, they want to be reaching out to some of our homebound members who want to come to church real regular. So that would be, uh, you can reach out to Christy Eden, who is here, or the church office. Let them know if you'd like to participate in helping with that. Um, and then a retirement party for Sandy Thames, Tina Lenz, and Brett Bainey, 1 to 3 o'clock on July 10th. That's coming up as well. Um, lots of different things going on in the congregation right now. We are thankful for the activity. Don't forget that you have a Bible study as on the sermon hymn as well as a devotional for your week. And I'm happy to announce, as far as I can tell, at least among the circuit churches in Sioux Falls, we won the Diaper Derby. 
So I'm happy. I'm really excited about that. You should be as well. Um, finally, of course, today is July 4th. Uh, we celebrate the, the blessings that it is to live in this country, uh, especially for me, my, my most, the thing that matters to me most is being able to worship without fear. I'm so glad that we have this opportunity in our country. Um, I, I'm not going to make big lengthy speeches about this, that, and the other thing because there's plenty of them around. You can read them and I don't need to belabor the point. Suffice to say that I'm glad to live here as opposed to anyone else. I'm sure all of you are as well. I'm thankful. Um, and I have printed off copies of the Constitution and also the Bill of Rights that you can pick up on your way out. There's nothing better we could do on July 4th would be to read those documents anew and refresh our minds with what this country is actually founded upon. Um, thankful for all those men and women who have served to make that happen for us, as well as you know the numerous numbers of political leaders who have also done important things to make sure that we remain free in our country. God bless our native land, firm may she ever stand through storm and night. When the wild tempest rave roller of wind and wave to the country safe, Father, thy great light. Good to see you.